Alrighty, you ready? You excited? I'm excited. Just come back from Cambodia, had an awesome time, man, it's hot over there. I love the heat. You like the heat? If you like the heat, come to Cambodia. Mike says, no, he didn't like it, it was too hot. If you like the heat, come to Cambodia, be going there again next year. Um, There's some really cool stuff, some new doors opening up for us, I believe as a church, and some opportunities that I believe we're going to be part of, um, which is... Uh, still connected to I Love Cambodia, but at the same time different. It's a Kiwi couple that I met um, in Auckland, I don't know, six weeks ago. They've got some things happening, so they want to connect them with us. It's just the same sort of heart, um, which is cool. And we got to minister some other areas with the Sensok Church. So we were out at Kompong Spu. Hey, not bad, eh? Can you say that? Kompong Spu? <laughs> yeah. I don't know where it is. It's the middle of Cambodia somewhere. People say, where are we going? I say, I don't know. It all sounds the same. You just jump in the car and you go. And then you just do what he tells you to do when you get there. <clears throat> it's really funny. People are trying to figure out, we're going here and we're going here. And it's like, I don't know, man. It's just like, it all sounds the same. But, <sighs> but um, we've had a cool time and we'll hear from uh, the Coles when they get back and maybe get Paul up to share a little bit. Um, but do seriously think about coming because um, even just coming and just being, it's worth it for that, even if you don't do anything. Because you get to taste it, you get to see it, you get to smell it, you get to see other people, you get to hear their own hearts and what they go through, but also just to hear them speak about Christ, which is awesome and something we all need. And I don't know, you, you just, you know, it's, it's great. You might read it in a pamphlet, you might read it in a bulletin, but to be there and see it just has an impact that looking at a bulletin doesn't do. So, um, anyone know what this is? <laughs> Girding your loins, okay? <laughs> Grey nickels, kindly supplied by Jamie Lowe. One of his boys wears this to protect himself. Gird your loins, but that's not what that means when the Bible says, gird your loins with truth, Okay? <laughs> <laughs> come on mate I remember in America now come on buddy hey. don't worry about it happens on tour stays on tour what happens in Cambodia stays in Cambodia <laughs> move on <laughs> I um truth it's a five-letter word and, you know, truth. Oh, we want to know the truth. What's the truth? That was a question Pilate asked, wasn't it? He said, what is truth? What a great question. Have you ever asked that? What is truth? Is it what is truth? Who is truth? It's fascinating. What is truth? Who is truth? It's the thing the church goes after. Sometimes it goes after it and it misses love. And our pursuit comes about right, wrong, the truth. I want to know the truth because the truth will set you free. And it does. The truth will set you free. And the Bible says we're to gird our loins with truth. So we need to know what that means. We need to know what truth really is. Otherwise, it's very hard to gird your loins with something that you don't know, especially if you have a false version of it. And you gird your loins with what you think is truth, but it may not be. It may just be your version of something, but it doesn't do what he says it does because it's not him. 
And so that's what I'll look at tonight. It's the first armor, but as we've looked at, Christ is our armor. So don't ever separate any of the things you hear about. When you hear about the breastplate of righteousness, don't separate that from Christ. When you hear about the word, the belt of truth, don't separate that from Christ. When you hear about the helmet of salvation, don't separate it out in bits. Okay, as soon as we start doing that, when we start taking him and dissecting him into parts, we start losing the power of Christ. We start having the form of something, but no power. And he wants us in this full measure, this guy called Jesus. It's really, really simple. We just need to know Jesus in a way that changes us. All right? All right. You ready? Yeah. Always ready. In and out of season. All right. Come on. Ready to preach. Ephesians 6, 13 to 14. Give you two seconds to get there. Ephesians 6, 13 to 14. I haven't spoken for three weeks. So. <laughs> I'm getting itchy. Hey, I'm itchy. Won't be for long. I promise. Okay, you ready? Ephesians 6, 13 to 14. Therefore, everyone say therefore. Therefore, take up the full armor. This is me adding to the scripture a little bit. Christ in us, us in Christ. The full armor is Christ in us, us in him. It's a two-part picture that is one posture. It's not just Christ in me. It's not just me in Christ. It's Christ in me, me in Christ. In Christ is where we find all things. Your identity is found in a person. Not in the words of a person, but the person himself. Never separate the words from the word. Okay? So, therefore, take up the full armor, which is Christ in us, us in Christ, of God, so that... Anytime you see us so that, get ready. There's something a coming. Okay? So that what? You will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. There are things that we need to do. Yeah? So to be able to stand firm, there are things that we need to be able to do to stand firm and to be able to resist. So what are those things? Well, we need to know him. We need to spend the time. We need to be putting time aside. We need to seek. We need to ask. We need to not. Not as a one-off, as a constant posturing of our living. You see, there's things that we need to do. Otherwise, when the enemy comes, you can't stand and resist. He ends up leading you in. He says things like this, those aren't chit-chats. Sorry, those aren't. Those are are Tim Tams disguised as chit-chats. I love chit-chat biscuits. And I went, oh, Rochelle put the chit-chats out tonight. I get over there. No, they're Tim Tams. (laughs) Hmm. How do I know the difference between a chit-chat and a Tim Tam? Because I know what a Tim Tam looks like. I know what it tastes like. They taste different. A Tim Tam is an imitation, a false imitation of a chit-chat. Why? Because I know the truth. When you know the truth between the difference, you never get hoodwinked by the lie that that thing is a chit-chat. 
So I am able to resist the urge to eat something that is not the real thing and continue to have a six pack. <laughs> I'm going for the eight pack. No. You see, I'm able to resist. I'm able to stand firm and I'm not able, I'm not going to enter into something that he's trying to lure me into or my flesh is trying to lure me into. I can actually stand firm because I've done everything that he asked me to do to be able to stand there in the face of much opposition and love. Why? Because Christ in me, my armor and me in Christ is being formed in me, which enables me to do something called imitate God. That's powerful, isn't it? Why? Because I'm girding my loins with this thing called truth. Not just words on a page, but a person that I'm knowing, coming to know. Because the Bible says, I don't yet know as I ought to know. So if I don't know yet know as I ought to know, and every promise is yes and amen in Christ, then there's a whole labyrinth of truth, which is going to set me free and build me that I'm to come into through the power of the Holy Spirit. Not through my ability. See, we think we read this, I've got to do everything right. Now I'm going to go and attempt, like Johnny spoke beautifully this morning, about trying to do everything now in my own strength so I'm ready. Never works. And you end up getting caught up in behavioral patterns or led astray by other people who have influence, who preach something that sounds good, but is not him. So then you're starting to copy them. And then the process just continues and it goes round and round and round. But we're in something, but we're not at the life of something. So it's always hard. So he says this, doing in everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, which is you have a belt on called the belt of truth around your waist here. You can put your sword in it. You can put things in it, but you have a belt on. You're girding your loin. It's actually between here and here. Cool so far? First thing, it doesn't say take up your full armor and fight the devil. <laughs> you hear that language, though, eh? I'm going to fight the devil. I'm going to go and deal to the devil. It's really funny. Archangel Michael didn't think to, you know, give him a hard time. Mm. It says stand Firm and resist. Why? Why aren't we fighting the devil? Because it's already been won. The battle has already been won. Who defeated the enemy? So why am I fighting a war that's already won? But there is a battle, isn't there? And what's my role in it? To resist and stand firm. Not to enter into a false reality trying to battle something that already has been done. It is finished. I won the victory for you. Your role is to live out the life of victory that was won at the cross because I defeated all the schemes of the enemy. So we're to live lives that are victorious, not be victims. That's the scriptures, the truth that I read. It says that I'm called to be more than a conqueror. You heard that one? Do you believe that one? Has that become your reality? Is it becoming your reality? You to be not just a conqueror, a more than a conqueror. It says nothing can separate me. No demon, no thing. Why? Because my armor and my truth 
Christ in me is defining and telling me what's truth, what's a lie. I can discern when I'm getting hoodwinked and when I'm not. I know, so why? So I can just stand firm and resist and walk out a life of victory. I'm not going to exert any wasted energy, time, and resource on something because I know that it's already been won. So I spend more time living the life of victory than I do looking for demons under chairs, under tables, trying to cast them out of everybody, and looking for it in everybody. We heard about that for David Lake, didn't we? Because the victory has been won, but I need to know it's been won. So then I can what? Stand firm, resist, and live the life of victory. It's really simple, but it is profoundly deep and mysterious, especially when we've been taught sometimes the opposite of that. That's why God's got to give us a brand new way of thinking. He's got to give us his mind on stuff. Otherwise, our mind views the lens of his scriptures and we come up with our own outcome. Yet we're not able to walk out victory. We're struggling with stuff, and that's okay, but are we overcoming? See, the inheritance is for the overcomers. What are you going to overcome? The flesh and his schemes, because he roars like a lion. He ain't a lion. We got the lion in our team. Okay? But he's like a lion. He's going to come like an angel of light. But he's not the angel of light, but he's going to come like it. All he's got is smoke screens, mirrors. But if you don't know the real, if you don't know the truth, if you don't know the true chit-chat between the Tam, you'll go, they look the same. Let me partake of that. Why am I so disappointed? Because it's not a (laughs) chit-chat. So our role is to live out victory, isn't it? More than conquerors. So let me, I'm going to read you just three scriptures. And I just ask you to hear this, maybe write them down, but look at them later. This is 1 John 3 verse 8. 1 John 3 verse 8. The one who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. Has he done that? Yes. So once again, we need to possess what is ours. It is ours, but we need to take it. You need to lay hold of what you are laid hold of for. But that's all done through the power of revelation through the Holy Spirit. Once you possess what you already have called an inheritance and you start living from it, man, you're powerful in the Spirit. So he has no game. See how his game falls apart when you know who you are? Why? Because we're going to look at, he's going to try and play on the lusts of your heart. If you don't have any lusts, there ain't no game. Why? Because you go, I see that. But there's nothing that he can tempt. What's he going to tempt you with when you know who you are? He's got no game. So then he goes looking for the person that doesn't know who they are. Okay, so here's one scripture. What about Hebrews 2, 14 to 18? Therefore, Hebrews 2, 14 to 18, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, death that is, the devil, 
and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. We are not to fear death. Why? Because there is no death in Christ. Sure, I'm physically going to leave this planet at some point in time. Could be tonight. I don't know. But we're not to fear it. What a promise that is. We're subject to slavery. Some people are enslaved to fear. They're so afraid of dying, aren't they? But at the same time, and we're sort of not, because then we live these lives. I couldn't believe, I, as I was going through the airport, and I took a photo of it, and it's, it's another message, but in a cigarette packet, you know how obvious they're making this now, that you smoke these, you die? I'm like, look at that. Smoking kills. I'll have five packets, thanks. <laughs> Why do we do that? Because our nature's evil. See, we need a brand new nature. Hence, he gives us his promises and says, partake of those so you can have a partake of a divine nature. See, our nature that's poison, this flesh, is evil. It wants what it wants. Like, why would you, what intelligent person, knowing that smoking kills them, smokes? But see, when you get a, this is the cool thing, when you get a living conviction that actually that thing is going to kill me, you stop. Why is it that when people get cancer, they start freaking out after smoking for 35 years? Then they're actually looking for the cure because they know they're going to die. But before they didn't know because they were doing something, take the smokes, going, yeah, I know I'm going to die, but I don't really know I'm going to die because I wouldn't do this if I actually knew what I was doing. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they were doing. So it's no different in the church. We say we know truth, but then why don't we live truth out? Because we don't really know it. But when you actually come to know it with a living conviction, you start living differently. So you're no longer afraid to die. Why? Because you've got a fully convinced position that I'm actually never going to die in Christ. So now my life reflects that. Up until that point, you don't really know it. Just like smoking kills, but you go, yeah, 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 but not really. I can believe it. Smoking kills. Everyone's buying these packets. That's crazy. Anyway, let's keep going. For assuredly, he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendant of Abraham. Who's that? Us. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propiti- blah, propitiation for the sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. This is one of the other scriptures that we know Jesus was fully God, fully man, but fully man on earth. To demonstrate for us when we have truth like he has truth, we can live as he lived. So he had to be made like us so he could say, look, this is what's possible when a man or a woman is filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, surrendering to the Father. This is what's possible in me. You can imitate me as I imitate my Father. It is fully possible. Do you believe? Are you fully convinced yet of what is possible if you gird your loins with truth? Wow. It's the best movie out, man. Come on, someone's got to make a movie about it. It's unbelievable what we can partake of if he is in me and I am in him. 
He said we will be one so a world would know. And that's what Johnny was talking about mission this morning. It's like the greatest evangelical strategy is for us to gird our loins with truth, know him. So all those people out there that are still sucking on smoke saying we're not going to die, see someone called Jesus in us because we're able to imitate Jesus because we are girded with truth. Not words, the person and the person's words and never separate the two. Because they come from the person. You can't separate the words. If you do, stop it. <laughs> you will have a form of godliness and you will lack power. Okay? And then you'll teach it. And everyone will go, who doesn't have a, has a form of godliness but lacks power, will go, amen, yes, let's follow that person. Mm. Acts 2, 23, 24. Acts 2, 23, 24. This man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. (laughs) Yeah, he was never late. He was right on time. You nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in its power. What a promise again to the church. Those are three powerful, powerful promises that Jesus has overcome the kingdom of darkness. He has overcome the schemes. He stood there. He even modeled it in Luke 4. He said, this is what it looks like when the enemy comes. And he will come back, as it says, for another opportune time. Why? Because he's in a war trying to save his own life. So he's passionate about trying to tempt you away from who you've been called to be. Because when you fully realize who you've been called to be, you're going to judge him. So he comes with all the schemes and the craftiness to try and see who you know, what you know, do you know who you actually are. And he's so crafty, like we've looked at, he will use this out of context to get you. So you need to know this in context, otherwise you're a sitting duck. You've got no armor on and you're in a war that's already won, but you just don't know it. So you can't stand there and resist. You're going to enter in and be lured into something. He goes, gotcha. You're just about to fall into quicksand and there's no one to rescue you. So if the battle has been won and we're not called to fight, but resist and stand firm, then what are we called to do? Are you ready for this? This is pretty profound. You ready? Submit. Surrender. What sort of a battle is that? Surrender before you start? Yep. James 4.7. Submit, therefore, to God. We could stop right there. Lordship, swear word, love the Savior, don't like the Lord. (laughs) You know they go hand in hand, eh? It's like one's the invitation, another one's the instruction. We confuse the instructions with invitations. Don't ever do that either. Know when he's given you an instruction, know when it's an invitation, don't get them around the wrong way. So here's an instruction. Submit to me. Whoa, who do you think you are? I'm the Lord God Almighty. 
Who do you think you are? I, didn't you love Johnny's thing? I love that. <laughs> the clay thing. Who are you? <laughs> uh, well, that was me. I made that for you. Oh, well. <laughs> that was brilliant, bro. I love <laughs> Spent years moulding me. Did you like what I made? It's all right, but, you know. Submit, therefore, to God. Listen, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Those who are in submission to God give the devil nothing to work with. He's got no game. Why? Because you are fully surrendered. You are allowing the God of the universe to build you on the inside. Philippians 2.13, it is God who goes to work on the inside of us to his good and pleasing perfect will. Wow, there's another invitation. And so as we heard this morning, if you're trying to hold on to your life, if you're trying to control your life, you're a sitting duck for him. He's going to play on that. He's going to play on every lust of your heart, every selfish desire that you've got. He's going to come and he's going to throw stuff at you. He's going to throw ideas. He's going to throw. He'll even get people at you. I remember when I was trying to be whole sexually, I made a decision. That's it. No more. Man, I had more offers than you what you could believe in. How does that work, man? You can't get one, now you got ten. So I, come on. And it's like, oh my goodness, I've got to get into this. It's like, what's this about? Because there were things in my heart, and I'm a work in progress like you all, and so if you allow him into your heart, the issues of life, then you take away the power of the enemy. He's got nothing to work with because he's going to play on the lusts of your heart, which is what James 1.14 says. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Lust doesn't mean, you know, sexual. It's not just sexual lust. It's lust in everything. If selfishness is lust, self-centeredness is lust. I lust for that person. I need something from Danielle. It's a lust. It's like she needs something from me. It's lust. It's like it's like a vampire. It's like suck. And the person sucks the life out of somebody else. I need you. I've got to get something from you. That's why he says, seek first the kingdom of my righteousness before you add, not just food, anyone else. But we don't, do we? We seek first everything else. Then we go, right, I'm ready to seek first your kingdom. But now we've added a whole empire of 20 years of stuff that he needs to take down to get us back to the place we should have started from before we started putting all these lustful things in place, like kids and sport, and stuff, and there's nothing wrong with those things if they are defined by God. But if they're defined by your lust, guess what? He comes and goes, I'm going to mess all this up, man. If I can't get to you, Sim, not I'm getting to your children. But if your children don't have your heart, guess what? He can't get to you. So you raise children up not to be, what's the word? Codependent relationships. You raise them to be free of you. Why? So then you take his game away. But we don't get taught that. We get taught the opposite. We get taught to give your life for find Mr. Right and give him your life. Have some kids and lay your life down and everything else. And what you're doing is playing into his hands. Sounds about right, doesn't it? Sounds wise, it's just not. It sounds like a chit-chat. 
It's just not. It's a Tim Tam. Ah, you got me after a whole packet. Because you thought maybe in there somewhere was the Tim Tam. And then you start coming over to the side of the Tim Tam. (laughs) The true spiritual battle is the battle of the flesh, self. We would like to say this, it's the enemy, the enemy, the enemy, the enemy, the enemy, the enemy. How many times have you heard that? Oh, the first thing, oh, the enemy's at me again. Really? Really? Or is it just a silly decision because you're still living to your selfish desires and that got you in trouble? Maybe it was, but maybe not. And so we don't want to look at this because, we, oh, no, we have to justify it away. Because why? Because that's going to mean change. That means I've got to open up my life and allow the healer to come in and heal and do a work of my heart, which is actually going to set me free, and I'm going to be girded with truth. Why? Because the truth tells me it sets me free. And when I walk out truth, then there's life. And so let's have a look at this. Resisting and standing firm starts at girding your loins with truth. As I said, Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Jesus said, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Mm. Everyone who is of me hears me. They're able to discern what's of me and what's not. They're able to discern when it's someone else speaking, saying it's God, and when it really is God. Why? Because you've girded your loins with truth. So you have a reference, and this is a growing, maturing reality, isn't it? And as Johnny said, there's massive love that's covering our growing up. But like I've said here, I can preach something and be a false teacher and never know it. That's why he says, son, don't preach anything that's not revealed. Only preach what's revealed because that is the boundary line that I've given you to protect you from saying something in my name that's not me. That's wise, isn't it, God? Yes, son, it is. So follow it, please, because my ways are perfect. Because it's not about ego and it's not about performance. It's about the articulation of me into the earth. Jesus only spoke his Father's truth. The Holy Spirit only spoke his Father's truth. Greg Simner only can speak the Father's truth. So if Greg Simner doesn't have a revelation of the Father's truth, be quiet, Greg Simner. Why? Because people will hear it, go, that is the truth, and then we'll follow the truth. And we're all falling into his plans if it's not the truth. And so he gets us again. So God gives us these principles and patterns to follow as a safeguard for us. That's why he says, walk together. I give you five gifts, building gifts, but they are not individually to walk on their own. They are to be one because they are me and five. So walk with one another and grow. Nah, I want my own ministry. See you later, apostle. Prophet, teacher, I'm doing my thing somewhere. Oh, that's not the pattern. Gird your loins with truth. You get to see the patterns of God. You get to see the strategies of God. You get to see how God does everything through the lens of the Spirit. But don't try and copy it, come into it, and then imitate it. Why? Because your loins are girded with truth to the measure you're in. And this thing called love is covering us because it's not a competition and there's no condemnation. So we can grow as children because God's got all the time in the world because he's outside of time. Somehow we don't think he is or we put pressure on ourselves. I should know this by now. Where does that come from? 
just, man, take a chill pill. <laughs> says those that have entered into God's rest cease from their works. Maybe spend some time looking at that and say, Holy Spirit, reveal that within me. I want to enter into rest so I cease from my striving to try and make me what your word says I'm supposed to be. Yeah, because I can't do that. No, that's right. Okay. (laughs) What is truth? Jesus said, I am truth. Jesus is the embodiment of truth. He was the living and breathing example and demonstration of truth. What is truth? Really, it's who is truth. So the truth is Jesus. He's a person. And he speaks words. Colossians says that all things have come from him, through him, and are in him. So the truth is the embodiment. He is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. He is God. He came. The word became living. It became flesh. So God sent him for us to be like us, but he would be the embodiment of truth. He said, I'm the exact representation of my father. So if you've seen me, you've seen my father. If you want to know what truth is, get to know me. Not a book about me, even though I've spoken words that have been captured through the power and inspired by the Holy Spirit, but don't separate me from the book. You do that, you're in trouble. You call this the word, but I am the word. This is called the scriptures. And don't search the Scriptures thinking in the Scriptures you're going to find eternal life when I stand there in front of you and I actually tell you, but you're unwilling to come to the person, but you'll spend heaps of time in a book looking for me. And I manifested myself and went, hello, here I am. Why? Because I want to keep this really simple and I want to help you know the truth so you can gird your loins with truth so you can walk truth out. And you can reflect and represent me well, you can represent me to a lost world well. You're called ambassadors of another kingdom. And as ambassadors, you're called to govern from the kingdom you are from, not misrepresent me on earth if we're doing that. <laughs> and his meaning our adversary's role is to try and get you off that. But that's why we just stand firm and resist. Why? Because he comes. He's the father of what? Our father's the father of truth. So we've got truth and lies. So those who know me know my voice. They discern when the lies get thrown out. Oh, that's a lie. You're not really a son. Lie. You're not really this lie. You're not really this lie. Oh, are we going to play this game? How long are we going to play this game for? I've got to go. I've got things to do. I'm an ambassador from the kingdom of God. I've got things to be and do and see because my father who tells me the truth is telling me all these things. So I ain't got time for this argument. Can you hear this? There's no battle. See, it's such a place of rest and ease and freedom. Even when you have demonic presence in your room. Have you had that? Touched it. it. Happened like this. It was in the room. Danny wakes up. She screams. I roll over Danny. Touched it. In the name of Jesus, be gone. Boom, gone. Back to sleep. Cool conversation in the morning. <laughs> it's a 
did that even happen? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Actually, it just happened before they went to Australia, before I went to Cambodia. Actually, no, sorry, just last week before I came back, before she went to Australia. And this is this cool thing. I'm realizing more and more, as he abides in you, it becomes unconsciously conscious. It's this just way of being. It's like it's not even you think about it, it just is. And the authority in you, because he's being formed in you, when you speak from that place of true belief, authority, what we heard about, knowing him. See, that's where the authority is found, in the knowing of God, the knowing truth. Not words, but knowing him, you get authority. But see, you've got to submit, you've got to surrender. You can't get that true authority until you surrender. Why is he going to give that to someone? And yet at the same time, he does. So we run off with authority and power. And like we heard this morning, we try to burn people. Why? Because we've got truth with no love. We've got power with no love. See, we've got truth but no grace. <laughs> but see, there's this reality in God where it becomes, even when you're sleeping, stuff's happening. You wake up and you go, yeah, yeah. And you go, did I have a chat to them last night? Yeah, we do. We talked about stuff. Let me check my phone. Yeah, that's right. I wrote some stuff down. That's pretty cool. So hearing the father of truth, he'll never lie to you. Never. But if we don't know the truth, then we are susceptible to a lie. And he will lie in a way that it sounds like truth. And like I said to you, he used this in Luke 4 with Jesus. Throw yourself off. For it says in Psalm 91, the angels will pick you up. No, this is what it says here. That was truth he used. But it was out of context. But it was right at a particular time, but not in that time. He knows truth more than some of us, I think. Maybe more than I do. Never separate the truth from the person because we get a form of Christianity that lacks power. We have a type of knowledge, but it lacks life. So we talk about knowledge. There's knowledge and knowledge. Okay? So there's his version of knowledge, and then there's our version of knowledge. I was, we were just talking before me and Amy, and we are talking about belief. You see, there's a, our version of I believe, and then his version of I believe. And Amy was saying how she's just come to this greater reality of his version of I believe, and how she's so passionate about now the things that she believes, that she thought she believed, and the challenge of having this conviction, and you want everyone else to have the conviction, but not everyone else you're sharing with, and this is you want your conviction. Yeah, I do believe, and you go, no, no, you don't believe. No, I believe, no, no, you don't believe, but I'm trying to help you, and I don't want to sound arrogant, but, and please don't hit me, but I know because... I was like that, and now I'm like that, and I recognize that state, and that's was who I was, and this is now who I am, and that's not believe, this is believe. <laughs> and if humility's not present, you really get in trouble. But we were talking, weren't we, about you, wanna, you can't impart it. You've got truth. You're girded your loins, and you go, oh, I've got the greatest thing for you, Joe. I don't know how to give it, but I want to give it. Joe's like going, what a nutter. Give me wisdom, Lord. Give me wisdom. Help me to say it in the right way so she doesn't get offended or this or that. But oh, yeah, but you can't impart it. But man, you want to because you love him and you love her and you're so desperate because the truth sets the church free and you're in a freedom that you weren't in before and everyone needs to know about it because it's for everybody. 
Why? Because you're girding your loins with truth, Christ. And you want to see the church that he says is. And you want what he wants because you're in love with him because you've girded your loins with truth because he is the truth and you know him. And you're able to hear in a way that you couldn't hear before. And you're not led astray by the lies because let's go to a scripture in Colossians 2 and then we'll wrap it. Colossians 2. This is powerful, man, this scripture. Colossians 2 verses 1 to 10. How many people know that the the memorization of words are very different from the revelation of the person? Especially when it comes to discerning the lie. You You can fill your mind with memorization. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except me. You can fill your whole mind with stuff. I'm not saying that's wrong. But does it stand up when it's needed? Because that's got to be living for it to have authority. You know the guy that decided he was going to say, oh, I'm going to cast out you demons? The sons of Siva, and he turns up, and what do they say? (laughs) Oh, Jesus we know. Yeah, we know that guy. We know Paul. You're in trouble. (laughs) We know the name you're using, you don't know. You're using it though, but you don't know it, and we know you don't know it. Why? Because we're of the spirit realm. You're trying to step into our realm, son. You better know your realm and our realm. If I'm step, you're stepping into my realm because we're going dick- to kick your butt. <laughs> it's real, man. It's real. They knew him. Don't go anywhere near it if you don't know who you are. Be some hero, you'll get smashed. And they're waiting for you. Go, come on, man. You think you got some game? But the victory's won. So we can come to know who we are, so we can actually walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's only a shadow, by the way, and just walk straight through it. The Bible says I can sit down and have a meal and all my enemies be surrounding me. And they curse and swear and yell. It's like, shut up. (laughs) Why? Because we know who we are. Because the victory has been won. Why? Because I've girded my loins with him. Okay? So... This is another protection little thing that Jesus gives us here in Colossians 2. Colossians 2, 2, 1. For I want you to know, this is Paul, how great a struggle I have on your behalf and for those who are at Laodicea and for all those who have not personally seen my face. Three people groups that he's in a great struggle for. Man, there was a man that laid his life down. It was Paul. Okay. But that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself. So he wants this people group to come into a full assurance of understanding here and understand fruit is produced. Only hear it, don't understand it, no fruit. Okay? Matthew 13, parable of the sower. Those who heard and understood had 30, 60, 100. Those who only heard, what happened? <coughs> Got choked out when what? The lust of their heart came out. The longing of wealth and other things, and the other people got excited all for five minutes until 
the word came and created persecution, see you later. Okay? So hearing and understanding. So he wants them to have full assurance of understanding, which results in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself. So do you have a true knowledge of Christ himself? And is that knowledge growing? So where did you get your knowledge from? Because you can't get it on your own. Can't renew your own mind. You need a guy called the Holy Spirit to come along and renew your mind so you have true knowledge. So if you've got no revelation, you actually have no true knowledge. You have a knowing about through scriptures, through other people talking. Where did you get your knowledge from? It's really important. How did you know that I am the Messiah? You didn't get told that. He told you. Okay? And as we're about to listen to this, so God's mystery, a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself is the mystery, okay? In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Whoa! Where is it all? In the person. I am the truth. I am at the beginning, in the middle, at the end, everything comes from me, through me, for me. Get to know me, and you will know all the hidden treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Why does he hide it? <laughs> I'm going to conceal it for you to figure out who wants to know me. And it's free, but at the end of that process, guess what? There's a reward for all those who went digging that those who never went digging ain't going to get. But I love you all, but make your choice now because I've hidden it, concealed it for you. It's found in my boy because what I'm looking for for my boy, if you truly love me and my boy, you'll go digging for it. So he's going, who loves me? I'm looking. What is it? One, Corinthians, uh, one Chronicles sixteen ten. I think God searches to and fro, looking for those who are wholeheartedly His. What for? Well, there's a marriage on the way, people, and I'm looking. I've been looking from the beginning of time, and it's found in my Son. What did we say the armor was? Christ in us, and us in Him. Powerful stuff. Now, this is this is where it gets really cool. I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive argument. <laughs> you know my boy. No one else can come along with persuasive words, flash-looking clothes, with charisma, gifting, and hoodwink you. No false prophet, no false teacher can get up there and hoodwink you. Why? Because you're in my son. You're growing in my son. You're coming to know all the treasures. You're coming to know the truth. You've girded your loins with truth, so you recognize the lie that's in his name. That's not my father. Brother, let me love you, but I know that's not my father. So can we walk together so we can contend for truth because if that's not from my Father, I don't want you saying that for you because you're going to be held accountable for every word. Firstly, it's for the concern of you. Then it's for others, see? 
So he gives us his way and says, come to know my son. So no one in their flesh, when they make mistakes, can delude you. And especially an adversary who comes along, who's craftier than man, can delude you. Tracking with me? Okay, let's keep reading. For even though I am absent, oh, just what did Paul say? I'm not a man of persuasive words, eh? See? He learned this. So he said, I just, I come with what? Spiritual words, spiritual thoughts. I don't come as a flash Harry anymore. Why? Because I get it. Why? Because I had a revelation of the person. So I now know the ways of heaven. So don't get hoodwinked because it sounds good and it's got three points, but you know what? It lacks power. It's their version of something, but it has not a revealed word. But here's the thing. It can still be true. (laughs) It can actually still be true, but lack power because it's not a revealed, illuminated word. And we need to receive an illuminated, revealed word with the power of God on it. So when we speak it, the Holy Spirit goes, yes, son, that's a living word. Bang, I grab it. And those who have hearts that are thirsty and have been plowed and are soft and can hear, hear, receive the word, and the word performs a work in the soil. Bingo. Now I have knowledge. Now I have a true knowledge of the mystery, which is the Son. Man, how much do you want to know? Well, how much can I know? Well, I'll give you the Spirit without limit, so come on, let's go. You can be hungry and thirsty and be full all at the same time. Figure that one out. <laughs> I haven't yet, but I just go with it. It's awesome. So then he says in verse 5, For even though I am absent in body, nevertheless I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. Verse 6, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Receiving is powerful. How did you receive the gospel? How are you receiving what I'm saying right now? In your mind or in your spirit first? Okay, so you've got to receive Christ Jesus the Lord. So walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him, girding your loins and established in your faith, just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. Whoa, man, a lack of praise is because of a lack of knowledge. You get your knowledge going, the gratitude, the praise just comes bursting forth out of you. you got rivers of living water. Poosh! Why? Because you are in Christ, rooted, grounded, walking in, being built up in Him, established in your faith. What is established in the unseen gets manifested into the scene. So what's hidden becomes in you, becomes expressed through you. Now a world is seeing God. You can't contain that if it's in us and growing in us. It's too good. (laughs) You've got to know about this truth that I'm in. Oh, my goodness, I've got to try and impart it. God, give me wisdom so I don't look like an idiot. But I've got to give it because it's going to burst out of me. So have grace. (laughs) Yes. And honor. (laughs) And hear. Because we're all a work in progress, but you're trying to explain a kingdom mystery that you can't in English words, and it's like, how did I do? Everyone's like, problem. Uh, Help, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, refibrillator. Yeah. 
Someone said to me, man, you're like a fire hydrant. Can you be a little hose? I'm trying. Have grace, have love. It's really hard. It's like, man, this is not easy. Jesus was the perfect model, man. Woo. Listen to this in verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. For in Him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in Him you have been made complete. Wow. So he says, get to know me so you cannot be deluded with persuasive arguments, even from good willing people called other followers, other sons, and help by walking together and coming into and preserving the bond of unity that's in already the church because it's in me. We don't form it. We're supposed to be preserving what already is. Why? Because of our knowledge of God. We don't try to be one. We get to know Him and we are one. I don't really know Owen that well. Like, we're getting to know each other, aren't we, bro? And Owen's been away for a while. And he come back. And whatever, God just said, have a coffee with him. So I had a coffee with him. Mate, the oneness. We'd only really had the odd conversation here and there, but the oneness, two hours later, it's just like, Christ going backwards and forwards across the table. You know, the waiter comes back, you ready to order? No, we're okay. You ready to order? No, we're okay. You ready to order? Yeah, we'll have some of that. And I don't really know Owen. I'm getting to know him relationally, but I don't need to know him relationally to have oneness with him. Because our fellowship, which is the maturing of relationship, is in Christ, the Spirit, and the Father. So when I'm one with God, the Son, and the Spirit, guess who else I'm one with, who is also growing and in fellowship of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the brothers and sisters of Christ. So we don't try to be one. We just get to know Him because He's the mystery. We come into this position of the true knowledge of God, which means I now have a depth of oneness with Sam. And man, we talk for hours and hours and hours, and it feels like five minutes. Same with Johnny. When me and Johnny get together on the phone, it's just like, man, who's going who's gonna to break? Who's going to have a break, hey, bro? <laughs> Two preachers going, are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? I'm speaking. Are you listening? <laughs> I have to tell him, mate, you've got two ears. Come on, brother. <laughs> oh, we have a laugh. So all that to say, gird your loins with Christ. Okay? So you won't get hoodwinked. The battle is done. We walk out a life of victory. Okay? There are other bits of armor we're going to look at next week, righteousness, and then we're just going to unpack and give his version of each one. Amen? So there's some questions. Let's get into it. Um, have fun. Thanks for listening. Go with me.